This is Mitch Putnam, Mondo Creative Director and ex-rapper. You are listening to the Master of One podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Master of One podcast. The podcast that can hop on one foot for at least 10 seconds. Impressed? Part one this week, we talk about 20,000 Hertz, Super Bowl ads, and Bunny Kingdom. I'm Andrew, your master of art and design. I'm Patrick, your master of television and film. And I'm Luke, your master of toys and games. So chomp that carrot and get ready for a hair-raising good time. That's too much rabbit stuff. to kick every episode off by going around the table which is where we talk about something new fun and noteworthy about our weeks patrick you look like a guy oh scary stuff um <laughs> okay clank in space that's like so. your signature move it is your signature move to hold things up upside down it's i so have good. no spatial awa- is that spatial awareness sure. or just Why not? um orientation awareness, awareness. Oriental awareness. So (laughs) I talked about getting Clank in space back at Christmas. That that's uh, I already had Clank and I was given an expansion and then I was giving uh, given another form of Clank. So my assumption had kind of been that. No, that's nice. My assumption had kind of been that that it was just going to be the exact same game. And then the board was going to be shaped like a spacecraft. That, sure. That, but that was fine with me. Yeah. And there'd be some new cards and, and whatever. So that is that is mostly true, but they do add two new mechanics to the game. So for those familiar with Clank, the setup is very similar. Uh, one difference is instead of on your... Um, so, so one thing you can do every round in Clank, there's basically this like target dummy that you can hit to get gold. Yeah. You now have two target dummies, so you can get more gold each round if you have mm. a higher number of, of sorts uh, or whatever their terminology is. Attacks. So that's a slight difference. Uh, most of the, the setup is still the same, but now in order to get to the area of the ship where you can pick up artifacts, you the have to... The dungeon area which would be the the depths area. Yeah. You have to place these um, cubes in order to decode a message at these different locks. And you have to place two of them at two different locks. This sounds a little confusing, but the point is you can't place where someone else has. Ah. So the longer that you wait, the harder it is to place those cubes to even be given access Interesting. To uh, to that part of the ship. And so, then on the way back out, can you not leave unless it's the one that you opened? No. So basically, once you place those, you're then given a token that gives you access. And there's gotcha. several different paths you can take. But as the enrage goes up, some of those routes are blocked off. Mm. And so you lose some of your ways to get out. Uh, additionally, you know, if you play the game, um, the, the normal clank, it's kind of separated into the depths and then what's above the ground. This game actually separated into three sections, and you have to be um, in that top section. So there's actually uh, it's a bit harder to kind of get to a safe zone uh, than it is in Clank as well. Um, the other thing is once the the it's not a dragon. It, I'm going to say dragon because I'm used to saying that with Clank. Um, once the monster. dragon, yeah, monster. That's great. Uh, Lord, Alien. W- whatever his name. It starts with a P. Once he actually enrages, Alien. Um, so I'm saying once someone exits or whatever, he doesn't wipe the group at any point. The enrage just continues. Um, it's just that every time it, it hits a person that is, uh, has already left the game, he just keeps attacking. So the, the attacks become, you know, kind of overwhelming, but if you can withstand it, like if you have the clank reduction to like withstand the attacks, you can just keep playing even after everybody's left because it never actually wipes the board. So why so would that, you ever want to leave just for the extra victory points for getting out first? Or do you die? You can still get the victory points after, I mean, after someone's left. It's just the idea is that you have to have... So there's two things. There's two reasons. Because even if you have the clank reduction, there are three red cubes that go in the back. And if that cube is drawn, everyone 
takes a hit. That's what's different. So potentially, okay. if you pull three cubes, everyone takes a hit. So no matter how much, so you would have to not only have clank reduction, but you'd also have to have a healing. So if you have a deck that has a lot of that, then you could just let people leave and just hang around collecting gold and artifacts. Right, and, but like, right, why and, would you ever want to leave? I guess is the right, question. When does right? When does the game end? That's my that's my question. That's how you're. The game ends when it, right same here. as regular clank when everybody's knocked out or left. Oh. Yeah, but no, why no, would you not, ever want to leave? How, that's not how the regular clank ends. Regular clank ends when you get to the when you get when the person exits and goes five rounds. That's the but, end of the game. No, the the reason that's the end is because when someone's gone five rounds, it it knocks everyone out. So the ending is still when everyone knocks out or leaves. The difference is there isn't a mechanic that forces people to be knocked out. That's what I'm saying. Does that make sense? No. Nope. Right, but again, why would you ever leave? You, you would leave. It is more convoluted to get out. So you would leave if you believe that they can't dispel the clank quickly enough because of how rapid the, the attacks uh, okay. are. Okay, so it's tactical if you think the other people's deck can't mitigate the clank or the enrage or whatever. Yes. Got the it. clank and those bonus tokens. That's why you would leave. Uh, okay, that makes more but sense. But you can still, you can still die and not, and not win at all, right? Like, if you're below the depths or whatever they call it in that version. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you okay. have to be in the escape mod, like not the escape module, but you have to be in like the, the first zone to leave. Yeah, you can absolutely get it, They call it getting knocked out. But yes, you can still get knocked out because you get 10. You take 10 damage. That's not different. Gotcha. I'm just saying that in the regular version of Clank, when someone leaves, it triggers that last four rounds or five rounds. This doesn't trigger that. You could all that happens is once some, yeah, once someone leaves, you only ever draw four tokens from the bag, and every time it hits someone that has left the game, you repull, you repull, you repull, and there's just those bonus cubes that, regardless of if, if it's your color or not, if those cubes get drawn and there's three of them, you still take damage. Oh, so. Okay, so that's another okay, that's another difference. If you've already left and made your way out, if your cube gets pulled, you just pull a different one. Cuz before you, redr- you redraw cuz right redraw. now it's just a dead draw. Right, exactly. It counts as did a I black or whatever. No, no, no. I mean, you just did. You, ju- you but just But that's did, a difference yeah. between the original and the no, new. No, no, no. What I was saying is okay, then you misunderstood me because what I was saying is that there's four colors that play. Yeah. And then there's the dragon color, which is five. Right. There is a sixth color that gets added. Right. Yeah, we got that. But you oh, but you, you just said, like, if I was yellow and I made it all the way out, if yellow gets drawn, you redraw for that yellow that comes out? No, that's not what I meant. I oh, just okay. said, what I was saying right. is if that sixth color gets drawn, everyone takes damage, even though it isn't your color. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Except, obviously, except for the people that have left. The people right, that have right, left right. Are, are safe at that There's point. Just so, like the original version, yeah. So my point is you can't – so in the original version – this has gone on long. But in the original <laughs> yeah. version, you can actually avoid getting any clink in the back. Like you can – Luke, we yeah. played one time where your deck was strong enough. I barely had anything. I think you had two clink in the back right. when I was like already dead. Right. But the problem is the enrage still takes you out. Right. In this game – Andrew still won that it, game by the, for the record. Yes. In this game, if you built that deck, <laughs> no enrage will take you out. However – there is additional clank that keeps going back in that can still hurt you. Gotcha. That makes sense. Sounds fun. That's so you made it sound like you like this version better than the original. Is that true? Or I made a weird noise in my mouth, but I do <laughs> like this version better. Yeah, cool. I don't the, think it the, translated to the microphone, so you just that's can, fine. You can, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a burp sound. Yeah. Okay. But you know how sometimes you yawn and something comes out, but it's not like a burp. I've yeah, never it's yawned. just a body sound. But it's some type of involuntary. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, when I do, yeah, it, I do it like this. <laughs> <laughs> I do like this one better. It's that simply. The, I, sure. I like the, the mechanics, the, the changes. I think enhance the gameplay. Uh, it's somehow less stressful. Cool. I feel like there's you have more time and more emphasis on building a stronger deck. And uh, they've changed the way some of the marketplace works, like the opportunities to buy from the marketplace. Ah, uh, cool. They've, you can now buy, like, med kits, which you can't before. Mm. So they've added some new tokens. 
Um, but I think they're all really positive enhancements. I mean, if I was cool. to sit down right now and play, that's the version I would want to play. Sweet. So. Cause I think that's one flaw that I noticed with the original is it never feels like you actually get through all the, the cards. Like every yeah. time you I've played, it's like half of the deck is still left. So, Oh, one thing I should mention too, is that this deck is in like six pieces, but it's in six pieces. You know, in the original game, you have one side or the other side. Yeah. In this game, you have two sided, but you can also reorganize the pieces oh, to so make new more layout. board combinations. Oh, cool! So there's a lot more options as far as the, the deck game board or the goes board as well, huh? The deck or the board? No, the actual board. That's cool. Okay. Did you hold on? Okay, I believe you. I can just show you. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, right, I made it. it. I've do started. It. Well, so while you're so. opening that, did you play the expansion yet? The underwater. No. Okay. Well, I guess we'll stay tuned for that. I know. Yeah, just send, Hey, Patrick, if you're happy with that, then send me the, the undersea one because I can't find that one anywhere at my local game stores. So just send so, it to me. Yeah. So why don't just bring it to Florida and then you'll take it home. Yeah. So see, idea. the board is two-sided. I like these it. These pieces are the, are the same shape and so you can interchange them so you have more board combinations. Now you can stack the boards, you said? How do you mean stack? Well, like her, no. how you're holding he means, them. He just means put them together. No, I just mean you put them together in such a way that you can I make. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. This isn't a time, Luke. For anyone who's just listening to the audio version and has never played Clank. Sorry. You're welcome for those 17 <laughs> minutes of. <laughs> yeah, it was actually like 11 minutes, Andrew. Oh, Andrew, sorry. why don't you go? Well, since you're such a comedian. Oh, wait, hold on. I messed, so I messed this up. Why don't you go and go? Okay. Speaking this week I did stand-up comedy. Uh, Do you like these noises? Club. <laughs> so last week I told you guys that I got a couple of the Troll Hunter like uh, mystery minis. Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot more. <laughs> They're like, I, I wish I could show you. I mean, I could show you. <laughs> so, so this guy, his name is Blinky. Um, he. Uh, he is like the one of the rare ones, you know. He's uh -huh. like one out of seventy-two or whatever. Yeah, like and so I was really, I was really excited to get him because most of them are like one out of twelve, sure, um, one out of six, those kind of things. So he's one out of seventy-two, and then I, and then I went back uh, and got two more. <laughs> <laughs> so I am stacked on the rare eBay. ones. Um, Wait, you have this three blinkies? I have three blinkies, and then I've got two of this guy who was also one out of seventy-two. Nice. Um, so I did well getting the rare ones. Did the, you buy? Well, that's more than seventy-two. You it'd be like one hundred forty-four, and then yeah, yeah you have three. You have three more I, of them. I didn't. So I didn't. But this guy's super rad. Um, he's got like metallic paint on him. I see a sheen. Yeah, and he's he's really cool. Here's uh here's one of like the main bad guys who uh have you, have you guys either have either one of you guys watched the show? Yes. No. Okay. So you recognize who these guys are then, Luke, yeah? Yeah. Um this guy was a rare one. I didn't realize he was a rare one, but like the regular, it's the like the sidekick guy. I can't remember any of their names right now other than Jim. Yeah, I don't Jeff. Know. Um but he's fun, but this one's more fun, I think, is uh the same guy but in his battle gear. That actually is great looking, yeah. That's good. A, and look at like look at his back. He's got like a fire extinguisher, like jet uh like flamethrower jetpack thing like, I, don't, I don't know what, it, what exactly it is but like the the quality of these is like surprisingly really good especially for funko um so i'm a big fan so if if you are like me and you're, you're collecting these guys and you like blinky um because blinky's a super rad character and you haven't gotten him yet um i'm totally willing to trade i haven't gotten any gyms he's like the main character and he ha there's he's a couple of different versions of him I don't have any gyms, so if you if you have a couple gyms and you'd like a Blinky, um, hit me up on Instagram or Slack channel or whatever, and I'll, I'll totally trade you um, for either Blinky or or this guy because uh, these are both like the rare ones. Um, but man, I, I just I'm a big fan of these guys. They're they're fun. They're cheap. It's like a, a nice easy entry point. But uh, there's not a ton of of troll hunters swag out there. Um, and I think these are probably some of the more upper echelon versions, even though they're, they're like a cheap entry point, the, the character design, the way that they're executed is, um, it's, it's the biggest bang for your buck out there for troll hunter stuff. I think Blinky looks stupid. 
cool. I'm just gonna shoot straight um, with you, man. That's fine. That's fine. It's uh his, his the the voice actor for that character is um Fraser Crane. What's his name? Uh, what's his name? Fraser Crane. Who played Fraser Crane? Oh, gosh, why did you say that? Yeah, just Google it. I mean, I'll just know the guy's yeah, name. Yeah, just Google it. Oh, I know it. I know. Me too. All right. Do you want me to tell you who? Yes. Yes. His last name is grammatically correct. No, just cool. t- say the name. Grammar. Na- Kelsey Grammar. Grammar's his last name. Kelsey, Kelsey Grammar. Grammar. Okay. Um, That's close. So here's the other here's the other thing that I did this week. Uh, I had what Luke called my uh, my formal uh, official. I said I think I, how I said it is you're now playing D and D. Yeah, well, you said now you're part of the D and D family is what you yeah, said. Yeah, you're officially you're officially part of the family. So we had what what is called a TPK, which stands for Total Party Kill, uh, which means we got ourselves into a you situation. Yeah. yeah, all all four of us got got uh, taken out. Fortunately, our DM has a contingency plan for it. So we've woken up. Uh, we haven't. We, the end of the night ended with uh, after a long, bloody battle. Um, ended with all four of us waking up with all of our armor stripped off of us and all of our equipment and all of our inventory taken, and we're just in a jail cell. I guess in our underwear. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, it was the most fun and frustrating night of the game so far, but uh, Luke talked me through it and gave me some uh, some pointers on how to avoid things like that in the future. So anyway, uh, if you don't play D&D, you're probably fine to just go about life as you are. But if you want to, <laughs> it's fun. So, um, Good point. You like that? That's a There's an endorsement. Luke, take us home. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I mean, I'll stay on this D&D train. Uh, so last week I talked about painting. And I showed the uh, wagon that I needed to paint, and I painted it. Here's the wagon, right yeah. there. For our, uh, for our audio fans, it has I put two a, wheels. I put a little bit of flock in there, so it looks like hay. Yeah. Uh, hay and then I that Instagram post you posted was like I was showing everybody. <laughs> well, I got more stuff, so I got uh, got some horses, painted some horses yeah. up, got them, and then. They're also brown. They have blue. Check white. this out. Boom. A, Whoa. A, a wagon. Wagon. Yeah. Get that closer to the camera. Right Did you here. do like, uh, do the windows have like a gloss to them? Yeah, they do. Good Dang. eye, Brian. Good eye. Your name's not Brian. That looks good really eye, good. Thanks, dude. Um, Send that to me. Nope. <laughs> and then, so <laughs> there's other stuff like I made uh, a box of, a box of straw, some some sacks of feed for the animals, and then uh, these are all miniatures. That they're all that miniature Luke is things, us, by the way. Yes. Uh, and then tiny. I got. I had some fun with some water effects. So there's like yeah. a little water bucket thing, uh, and then I made a well. Yeah. Wait, you made that? Yeah. Like you didn't you didn't buy it and then nope, paint it? I made it. This is foil. And so there's wood on the bottom, and this is just foil balls, and these are like wood pieces of uh, like hobby wood and some yarn, like balsa wood. Yep, and then water effects that I put in there and tinted it, and uh, yeah. So I was I got way into eat your the heart hobby. out, Jim, 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 <laughs> Jim, Jim. Uh, so what what type of what, what's water effects i mean i understand there are things that are made to look uh, effectually like water but yeah. is it like a pool of, do you use like a resin is yeah, it a paint yeah. that you let pool up or what do you do it's uh some kind of let's give our let's give our listeners some technical details okay it's called realistic water whoa <laughs> <laughs> it is a slippery bunch <laughs> it's called a realistic water it's made by uh woodland scenics so woodland scenics They've been in the like the miniature modeling game for a really long time. Started with like uh, model, model train trains, stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's the same. Like you use it. Essentially, it's resin uh, that you let cure. You do it like a eighth of an inch at a time, and you just layer it. And I just put some in a little bottle and tinted it blue. Um, and you can tint it whatever color you want with different inks or whatever. So could you tint it like a green color? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, whatever you want. Wow. Could you make it a red color? I could. I could. Because it's like a color. blood effect. Yeah, 
could be just like blood. But actually, for blood, though, you use different stuff. I have... um, Why? He has the blood of a small Indonesian lizard. So blood actually doesn't look um, as real. If it's pooled like that, it needs to be kind of sticky and stick off of stuff. So I use this glue that's like it's super crystal clear glue. Uh, and you, and you thin that out uh, and add actually like um, ink, like um, alcohol-based oh, ink. Glue. Yeah, and you tint the glue. Um, that looks more like blood. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, so I got way into the hobby, and that was my week. Uh, we're playing D&D tomorrow instead of Saturday. Uh, and it's going to be a tough fight. But I'm ready. I'm ready to kill some players. Maybe we'll have a TPK on our end too. TPK. <laughs> but that's it. D and D is fun. Okay. Play D and D. Well, then that's it for around the table. Welcome back. Before we jump into our master categories, it is time for Calculated Comics with Kolb, where we get to talk about comics with Andrew Cole. Welcome, Andrew, to the show. Yeah. Hi, friends. Thanks for having me back. It's good to see you, man. I'm only giving two claps, and it's not because of you, Kolb. I deeply respect you, but Andrew's performance has been less than stellar tonight. So I, two okay. claps. That's all Boy, I can give a, right now. That was a perfect introduction. First try. I yeah, thought that was great. I thought it went really well. Okay. <laughs> Let's, we'll ask our patrons next month how it went. <laughs> great. Sure. Um, so, Andrew, it's been a couple of bits since we've seen you. Um, we had you on for a full episode at the end of last year. That's right, yeah. Uh, welcome to 2018, your first Calculated Comics with Kolb in 2018. We are glad to have you here. Um, what have you brought for us tonight? We have to find out, right? Because you have a way of figuring <laughs> yeah, out how this works, right? I have a full grid of things uh, that, I've, uh, that I've brought. Um, so I'm going to say two. I mean, okay, great. Yeah, I'm writing them down. Perfect. Patrick. Give me a number. Uh, I don't remember what combinations we've done. Two. Doesn't matter. Two? Okay, great. We've got a new one no matter what. No matter what happens, Andrew is, You're welcome, is sealed Sam. off. Yes, this is I'm great. I'm going to say one. Okay, perfect. So, two, two, one is... Where are you? Oh, great. Okay, so this is uh, an ongoing series called Paper Girls. I don't know if it's been brought up on the show before. I don't um, know if we. I know what it is, but, but I don't think we've talked oh, about great. it. Oh, great! Yeah, it's uh, it's really fun. So I've I've only read the first two trades, and I think it's it, there is more, or there are more out. Um, but it's written by Brian Vaughn, uh, yeah. who's done Saga and Why the Last Man. Yeah. Um, and illustrated by Cliff Chang, who's done just a bunch of DC stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the short or the, the most succinct way to describe it is like a Stranger Things um, with an uh, all-girl cast um, of paper delivery girls um, yeah. set in the 80s. Um, and because I've only read the first two trades, it, I, it's only kind of gone so far into this kind of bigger picture, like sweeping scope story um but already there's like some time travel there's some like changing of like molecular size and structure stuff like there's there's weird stuff going on in town but you don't know kind of what the source is it's 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 yeah it's it's a lot of fun um so i think stranger things is the closest point yeah yeah i was gonna say that the covers and everything look really i mean it just looks awesome yeah yeah, yeah, Cliff Chang's work is very cool. Um, and the covers kind of do a good job to get a sense of the, the overall style and tone. Obviously, it's like full color as opposed to, I think all the covers are two, I think, yeah. two yeah, color, right? Yeah, they have yeah. like a color oh, wash okay, and a okay. gradient. Right. But the, uh, the illustrations are like stellar. Man, this is cool. Yeah, and it's and it's so and like um, like Saga or any of other kind of Bond's work um, really lends itself to just really strange panels. Like, it, I mean, it all makes sense in the story, but you'll have like pterodactyls flying down or, or kind of people riding pterodactyls, and then like giant uh, like amoebas and things like that. But it all it all makes sense. So I think as an artist, I'm sure it'd be, it's so much fun to illustrate this book, but. Um, yeah, it's also just great to read. So that's so, that's what we've got. So, okay, so how did you come across Paper Girls? What what was your introduction? 
I think I was gifted the first trade for like a birthday or Arbor Day something Um, and then continued with it myself after kind of just kind of falling in love. Like I I love Saga. Like and I know we've kind of talked about this on the show before um, where it's been brought up um, and it's it's the same kind of spirit. Like it's it's lighthearted, but there's kind of a lot of humanity within the characters um, in these kind of like fantastical situations. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, to your question, a birthday present. Pretty simple stuff. Man, That's cool. I'm man. putting book one in my cart right yeah, now. Yeah, it's super. Because... I mean, it's super cheap on Amazon right now. You can get all four, all four volumes for like forty bucks. Like it's really not much. When you say yeah, all think... four, what do you mean? Because there's twenty. There's twenty right now. No, there's volume one, two, three, and four is what I'm seeing for the paperbacks. Oh, I on their on Images website, I was seeing that they they go up to twenty. I think those might be issues might be one through five. Each volume issues. is one through five. Oh, I see. Right. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, and sense. I think that there might also be either it's been released or it might be upcoming, um, like a like an oversized that collects the first two trades. Yeah, um, it's the deluxe edition. I think. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, and I don't, I don't have that. I have just the regular trades. Right. But, um, yeah, they've been great. And, and, and like any good, uh, kind of arc tells a complete story, but leaves you kind of wanting more with, with something at the end. So, Perfect. uh, like, yeah, yeah. A lot of fun. I, I would, and I would say if anybody's interested in like the stranger things or any of that kind of like, uh, vein of eighties nostalgia right now, it's, it's right up that alley. The nice. Goonies. That kind yeah. Of perfect. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Kids doing kids, exploring bigger, bigger kind of mysteries, um, and dealing with kid stuff, but also, Maybe Earth and timeline shattering conflicts. Yeah, yeah man. stuff. The usual. So, you know. yeah. yeah. So Andrew, what else has been going on in your in, in your life since we talked last? Because it feels That's, like it's been a long time. I know. Yeah. Um, what have I got in the pipeline? Um, just like working on personal stuff. I like put some new things in the shop um, since the holidays. So. Uh, I just released a mug based off of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> How relevant <laughs> that that references? Who knows? But <laughs> some of our younger listeners, uh, that was a film. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I actually have only just like I watched that movie. Maybe this is not comics anymore. Uh, yeah. Well. I watched that movie maybe a year ago and it's just stuck with me like for the first time. And it's just stuck with me since. It's um, beautiful. Anyway, sorry. It's a beautiful film. Like it was, yeah, and I don't think I would have appreciated it if I watched it when it first came out. Sure, um, but now, kind of being old and wise, and I, I appreciate what it what it does both in its time and now can, as a contemporary. Yeah, what I love so, about your mug is how how it so deliberately and intentionally brings um, just the most sensible version of the titling to fruition where it is literally a crouching tiger and there is a dragon that is hidden in the background. <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to make sure that this mug was something Have you bad. seen the movie? <laughs> no. I'm assuming that's what the movie is about. It's like, it's like jungle book, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, that's all I've got going on is that one mug. That's it. Okay. Hey, it, it's a great mug, but if you did not tell me it was crouching tiger, for some reason, when I think of that film, I just think of like Martial people arts. suspended by wires in air sure. with like sword fights and stuff. So mm-hmm. but that's great. So I think I think I try to approach most of my work as if you get the reference, it's a bonus. And if not, it's still hopefully something that you don't mind looking at. Um, so thanks. I, I Which think is like totally the opposite of Jason Edmiston, who we just talked to last oh, week, yeah. who's like, if there's any chance that you're not going to get immediately who it is, I'm going to paint over it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, okay. that's yes. literally his, that was his mantra. So, but the, another thing though, you and I got to participate in the Squared sh- uh, Squared Co. Cute Couples show. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's going on. <laughs> this yeah. is my self-promotion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's currently running and I think prints are now going to be, or maybe by the time this is released, when are available online. When this episode drops, they will be available online, yep. Nice. Yeah, so I uh, have a Calvin and Hobbes piece in there. Um, Andrew, I haven't seen your piece yet. What is? What did you do? Uh, it is, uh, it's called Fire and Ice, and it is Brienne and uh, Dumbledore. 
I oh, never great. remember his name. What's his name? Um, What's his name, Luke? Podrick? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Podrick is her um, in training, that guy. Right. Luke, what's the guy's name? <laughs> it's Doc Reed. I can't imagine it's who Game you're talking about. I have not the, kept the, up. The I've ginger, read the, some of the books. The but... ginger bearded uh, oh, wildling who is in love with her. Yeah. So, okay, so right, it's Brienne, right. and she's standing there stoically holding her sword, and then he's over her shoulder, with, like with side eyes, looking at her grinning. Yes, I've seen this on your Instagram. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Got it. Dumbledore. Wait, okay, but what is his name? Because it now is driving me crazy. It what is his is name, Luke? You know. Trapdoor. I don't know. Tormund. Tormund. Yeah. Tormund. Oh, my oh, gosh. I, you know what? I'm oh. going to take some credit for getting it very close with Trogdor. I think yeah. it's closer with than Dumbledore. <laughs> Similar battle strategy to Trogdor as well. That's true. Oh. Burninating the countryside. That is, that's absolutely yeah. true. All right. Well, Andrew, as always, <laughs> it's a blasty blast to talk with you. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your work. They can follow you. They can buy things from you. All that. Buy jazz. a mug. Yeah, you can totally buy my mug from my, <laughs> or you can find my shop through all of my various social media channels. Uh, Kolb is neat. Um, find me there. Say hi. Tell me if you've read Paper Girls and uh, what you think. And yeah. buy a mug. Do it. Hey, so far you're batting a thousand for me. All the all the the comics that I've bought because of this segment, I've loved all of them. Oh, great. So. That's great. Anyway, just so you know, a little a little audible feedback for you. All right, I well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to Andrew for now, but he's not gonna go very far. Well, I guess he is far because he lives in Canada. <laughs> sure am. We'll see him next month, is what I'm trying to say, and get back in the rhythm of calculated comics with Kolb. Bye. Bye. So the master category section each week is when we get to talk about the tokens we drew the week before, which give us our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories. Well, last week, things got mixed up a little bit. A lot uh, of bit. Our <laughs> guest, yeah, our guest, Mr. Jason Edmiston, uh, said, hey, I, I'm going to turn this thing I on I want to make head. some rules. Yeah, and when and when uh, and when he says that, you kind of just listen. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so we added a polite because he's a guest. Right. right. We added a we added a random category into the mix and Luke uh, got that category. So well, I think it's only fitting for you to kick us off. What category did you uh, get, Luke? I got science. Yeah, you did. Master Not of a bad science. week to get science. Well, listen, okay. Yeah, we can talk about space. I mean, space is a thing, right? So here's what I'm going to yes. do. I'm going to talk <laughs> about a podcast that I have gotten into recently. That is all based on sound. It's called 20,000 Hertz. It is. Um, you kind of took a pivot there. No, listen, listen. <laughs> I I'll get there. Just stay with me. Stay, 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 stay with me. We'll get there. Stay with me. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. um, the host, Dallas Taylor, he is uh, a sound designer. Has been, he's been working in the industry for a long time. And it's really awesome. The, the show is um, they take these these uh famous uh sound things so like their first episode was this voice of siri they've had ones on the wilhelm scream um the uh like muzak like elevator music um they've had um the there was a photographer that uh, michelle obama tweeted his phone number out um about i don't know a year ago and just the story of how uh, that like changed kind of his life now. Like he gets random voicemails and text messages and stuff and, and things, all these things that deal with um, things and sound, like the frequency of uh, like um, these notes that you like don't audibly notice that you hear, but you hear and like, it's all kinds of crazy scientific uh, takes on sound. And it's super interesting. The, the show, the episodes are like 25 minutes, maybe 25, 30 minutes at the most. Um, super interesting. They're produced really well. It's a, I mean, he's a sound designer, so they sound incredible. Uh, it's a really, really fun listen. Um, but he works for a company called... Uh, de facto sound and de facto sound is a company that does um, music and sound for 
all kinds of brands and movies and advertising and video games and stuff like that. So they've done Skyrim. Um, they did Dishonored. They did um, all kinds of uh, different movie stuff, a lot of TV stuff with National Geographic. And so I was, I was looking, I kind of went down the rabbit hole from the podcast to DeFacto and looking at some of the stuff they did. And they've done some stuff for National Geographic that is um, – really i mean it's just really good it's like these short films and one is called before mars and um it's the story of these uh two girls that uh they're like sisters and they get into like ham radio and it's uh the the opening shot is uh this girl in a spaceship on her way like taking off somewhere and uh and then it's a flashback into the story of these these sisters and kind of how you know, how they get to the first scene you, you, you see. And, um, it was timely because, uh, as we know this week, um, the, uh, what's it called? The heavy, the heavy Falcon, the Falcon heavy, Falcon yeah, heavy yeah. Uh, was launched, uh, with a Tesla and, uh, uh, a, a spaceman, um, to kind of, uh, prove, uh, this, this theory that um, Elon Musk has of, of making space travel uh, accessible to the every man. Um, now, when we say every man, you, you know, it's you still need uh, a fair bit of money to be part of this every man space travel. <laughs> um, but it's not just, uh, you know, government controlled and um, not uh you don't have to be an astronaut and be, um, you know, trained scientifically. At, at least that's the uh, the down the road idea of of how we get to um, space travel as a a normal thing for for everyday man. Um, but it was cool how like getting into this podcast, listening uh, and learning a, a lot about um, sound design and and just kind of what things. Uh, that we hear and and how, uh, especially like the episode about the Wilhelm scream. I mean, that's. Do you guys both know what the Wilhelm scream is? So it, it's yeah. like this this famous soundbite that has been used in movies for the past sixty five years. Um, and once you recognize it, is incredibly grating. <laughs> yeah, and you hear it everywhere. I mean, everybody yeah. uses it. Um, but just the idea that there are so many things like that that we hear all the time that we don't realize we're rehearing the same things. Um, so just going down that rabbit hole to de facto sound, seeing all the incredible stuff that they do, um, watching this this short for National Geographic on uh, Mars, and then into this kind of proof of concept that you know we might be in space someday. Um, and this is like hot off the heels of me getting into star Trek and it's like crazy. Just, uh, I want to be in space someday. I think I, that'd be amazing. Like I never thought like I would ever do that, but if there's an option for me to like go to space, I'm down. Like, yeah, for sure. I want to do it. I'm not uh, there yet. I don't like, I want to be there. Here's the thing. I'm not a heights guy. So that I feel like that would be as way high up. Space is but way high. Eventually, you get so high that the height doesn't, it can't kill you anymore. Right. No, yeah, because, because you just, then, it, goes then away. it's an expanse. It's thing. just air. There's no air, and that kills you. It's, it's too wide. Yeah. It's too high, like horizontally. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, so Master of Science, I don't think I really mastered anything. If you're, if you're into sound design and you're into uh, learning more about the stuff we hear, then 20,000 Hertz is incredible. It's a really good uh, podcast, and it's uh, it's produced incredibly well. Um, And then Space Flight, I mean, are you guys down with space? I want to hear from our community. Tell me if you're going to go to space with me someday. And, uh, yeah, let's let's all be Martians. Uh, Andrew, you take it. All right, so I got uh, toys and games, and uh, I've got a game that I got – uh, a little bit ago, I'm really excited. I, I've played it. It's I think I may have mentioned it on the podcast, but I'm not even 100% sure I did that. But it's a game called Bunny Kingdom. Uh-huh. Bunny 
Kingdom. Here it is right there. I vaguely feel like you've talked about this. No, not okay. on the podcast. I think you mentioned getting it. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's an ELO it's game. It's a game by ELO. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we love ELO games, or at least I do. It's a lot of the games that I own are ELO. Um, but specifically, the, the game designer for this one is Richard Garfield, who is of King of, of Tokyo, Garfield. King of New York. Oh. What? I said creator of Garfield. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, creator of. No, he's uh, the guy that played Spider Man. King of. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these things are absolutely right. But he also, on top of that, did King of Tokyo and King of New York, um, as well as other games. But he did he did that game, and we all love King of Tokyo. Every time we have a, we have a thread in Slack that's about um, games, and every once in a while people ask for recommendations. I think King of Tokyo pops up every single time. Yeah. Um, but if you see, uh, it's... It's Bunny Kingdom. It takes place in the medieval times. Um, but the the fun twist is um, they're bunnies. <laughs> okay. Uh, so okay. You, one thing you'll notice about the art right right away is it's very stylized. Um, but it's got kind of that the hint of, of realism in terms of the lighting and yeah. the the layout and everything. Well, the artist um, who, behind the art, the first thing that drew me to this was the art, first of all, as it, as is usually the thing. Sure. But um, the artist's name is uh, Paul Maffeon, but he does a lot of work with Blizzard on World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, mm. um, some big name games yeah. and he's uh he's he does all the artwork for this game as well. So, uh, I'm going to try to give you a quick rundown of what this game is. It's essentially a placement game. Okay. A territory ownership game. Yep. Um uh but uh, the way that the game is laid out, here's the board. I'll try to show you. If you're if you're not watching this on YouTube, this will be a little bit harder to understand. So, it's a grid. Uh, but, it's a bunch of squares it looks like. Right. It's a grid and and the grid is set up uh it's 10 down and 10 across, so there are uh -huh. 100 squares. The cards, um, there is a card associated with each territory location. Okay. So there's a, there's 100 territory location cards, and then there are additional cards on top of that. The whole point of the game is to get carrot points, essentially. There's golden carrots that you get, which are essentially like victory points. Um, and as you get those points, you move up uh, up the the score tracker, which you saw on the side of the board. Mm -hmm. um, but the way that you do that is you get these territory cards, you put your you put your bunny there, and here are the bunnies. Let me just kind of show you uh, one of the bunnies. You get uh, a whole bag full of bunnies, depending on the, the character, or depending depending on the uh, the number of players. Here are here are the bunnies. I'm going to try to get Whoa. close enough for it to focus. It kind Hang of on. looks like your Safubi bunny that you have. Yeah, you're it right. It very much looks like that. Yeah. yeah. I, it's going to be hard for it to focus because it's so tiny, but there you go. They're, they're, they're very little, um, but the detail is pretty fun um, on them. Yeah. But there's, I don't even know. That's a lot of yeah. little bunnies. Yeah, it's like bunnies. 30. Um, yeah. And it's continually they growing as well. They multiply like rabbits. <laughs> um, so you you get your you get your you bunny. You play your card. Me or Andrew, both. Yeah, because it's the same joke. Um, but you get these different uh, buildings that you can place on the locations as you draw cards. So, like I said, there's the the, the territory cards. Then there's like. Uh, mission cards that you can go on uh to, to get the most of x and you get this many bonus uh golden carrots for doing that or whatever and and there's a, an interesting mechanic i'll get to in a second but one of the things you get are these buildings and there's strongholds essentially and they give you strength um so here's here's one building it's got one it's worth one strength it's gonna be so hard for it to focus oh that that worked pretty well um where it's got this carrot as a tower. Yeah. And then it's like a little fortress uh, with a couple of very simplistic. It's like one. Then there's you can you can upgrade and then there's a two person hmm. uh, or a two strength tower, which has the two carrots. And do those and, connect? No, they don't connect. Hmm. And then these all fit in one square. And then here's like the big daddy. It's three. Oh. So as you see. It's really cool. It's going to be hard for you guys to see it, but on the video itself, sure. like the detail in the, like there's actual little brick detail and everything, but here's what's cool about it. So you've got your, you've got your uh, bunnies, but there's a spot in the top. The bunny just slides right down inside of there. Oh, uh, that's nice. where he lives now. So, yeah. So he takes over the, the location 
and uh, and he's got that spot. So um, there's a lot of rules to this game. Uh, it's not very complicated, but there are a lot of rules to kind of understanding how like the flow of it works. Kind of, but the, but uh, even more, I think. But here's the interesting mechanic about it. You draw. You have two decks in front of you. You have a draw deck and you have a play deck. Each one consists of ten cards, um, unless you have more than two players. I think it's two to four players is the play. Um, but uh, you have your play cards, and then you take two of them, and you set them aside to play, and then you pass the deck to the person to your right. Oh, cool. They pass you their deck, uh-huh. um, and then you have now eight cards to choose from. Yeah. They have your eight cards. So you have to both play in advance, knowing, like, set up things in such a way where you can play them uh, a couple turns ahead, but at the same time realize that if you can't, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at a handful of 10 cards and six of them are the ones that you want, you might not have a, ch- a chance to actually play all six of them because you're going to take two, hand the deck to that other person, they're going to have a chance to take two of those cards. Right. Um, so it, it's a really interesting gameplay. And uh, when you're playing with two players, there's another added component to it where you're actually discarding one of the cards from there. Mm as well so you're playing some but then you're also discarding if you're watching what how the other person's trying to play you can kind of sandbag their strategy a little bit um there's a lot of of a lot of rules that being said don't be afraid to pick it up it's the barrier of entry is not like so bad um but there is just a little bit more than would be worth explaining right now in the context of reviewing the game totally worth it um the art is amazing as per the usual if i'm telling you about a game it's because I'm endorsing it, and the artwork is always going to be a part of that for me. Um, Gameplay is fun. There's a lot of strategy to it. We played two of us um, in about 30 minutes. Um, (laughs) It says it's about a 45 to an hour play time, so I'm guessing if you've got three or four players, that's that's probably what it would be. Um, But, man, go – oh, I guess I could probably – could have shown you some of what these cards look like. So here's one of the cards that gives you, like, a mission to go on. Um, It's like a Braveheart rabbit. Um, here's one of the territory cards. Nice. So as you see, it shows you the grid location, like H2, and this particular one produces... Oh, I didn't tell you one of the whole major mechanics of the game. Some some of the locations produce, um, have different, uh, uh, they produce... Oh my gosh, what am I... What's the word? Uh, things... (laughs) resources <laughs> resources thank you i'm like why can't i think of the word so they produce resources and you can some of uh, some of the cards you pull will help you produce like luxury resources hmm. and so you build um what they call fiefs and a fief is one location territory as you connect locations together your fief increases and so it's it you get points and they multiply based on how many strengths or strongholds you have in that fief and how many different kinds of uh of resources that fief is producing so as you start like i think there's like nine rounds or five rounds or something like that as you start um your your fiefs won't produce very much but as you go your fiefs start to connect and you end up having a fief with like 10 different territories connected to it and you've got four different strongholds so that's four times maybe five different kinds of resources and so nice. that's a fief that's worth 20 oh, cool. um, victory fun. points so uh it, the game plays in various rounds and phases of each round um anyway uh it sounds kind of complicated it's super not uh it's just involved and you have to kind of pay attention but the strategy of it is very very fun the artwork is very very fun um if you've got teenagers or like kind of advanced game playing like adolescents like maybe 12 year old i think the the basis says it's 14 Mm. but if you've got like a 12 year old who's into playing games they could probably pick it up pretty easily um but it's a ton of fun pick it up bunny kingdom it was kind of hard to find i had to search for a long time to find it in my local game store i mean i guess if you want to buy it on amazon what how'd you hear about it um I think I just it was like recommended to me on Board Game Geek or something like that. Like I, gotcha. I, I don't remember exactly how I found it, but um, man, it's it's a blast. Go pick it up and play it. All right, Patrick, take us home. All right. So, and we're a little bit removed from it, but being 
So we always record one week off. So this might feel a little bit distant, everybody. I apologize. We're with but you, it man. But it's decently relevant now, which is the Super Bowl. This is the yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, go Patriots. Yeah, nope. that didn't quite <laughs> pan out. So, by the way, I did watch the game. It was actually an, Listen, it, it was, was a good a game. game. It was a I, good game. I'm convinced that um, all of these, like, um, I, I'm thinking, like, uh, the, you know, Super Bowl and, and World Series and... Championship games. They're just rigged. Mm. They, they're all rigged. They're okay. all fake. Okay. Why is everything going to a game seven and, and you're down three and you win four more or everything's going to the last five seconds? Sure. You'll see a team like have a perfect season and like stomp on everybody and get to the final game. And all of a sudden, like it's all rigged. OK, professional sports are bogus, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk <laughs> about advertising. But it was a good game, though. And the Eagles it was won. a great game. It's it's interesting to see a team at that caliber miss a field goal and two extra point attempts. Yeah, but it was a great game. Yeah. Um. So, advertising. <laughs> I am not sure. So I always have this debate in my life. You know, you watch a movie like Anchorman, and then you say you see Anchorman two, and you have to ask yourself, is Anchorman less funny, or did I grow up? You go and, and, and you watch – I was going to use another movie example, but that's not, that's not important right now. Super Bowl commercials. Like you is, watch Spider-Man, similar. and then you see Spider-Man 2, and you're like, man, Does I'm Toby just getting old. And you watch Spider-Man 3, and then you're like, man – and then you watch Spider-Man Homecoming, and you're like, oh, I got younger. This is good again. Yeah. Like that. So I, sh- I struggle with that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so when I see something like Super Bowl, I mean, I remember like it was this – they were funny and 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 um, unique and mostly other words similar to funny. And I loved <laughs> Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> Unexpected and, it seems like, and hilarious and fun. And I and then like this year, I was so let down. And, and I'm left with, do they suck or do I suck? Like what what's progressing over time? Well, you suck. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, that was direct, and it felt real. Um, so I don't. So I don't even think it. Luke knew that we were recording. <laughs> Sorry, what was your question? Yeah, we're, we're in an episode right now. Oh, okay. um, so, so coming out of the game, I just don't know that I feel like there were there were very many big winners. Now that there were um, two campaigns specifically that I I think did do something that I would say is is Super Bowl worthy from an ad campaign. And those two campaigns were actually um, Netflix with their treatment of uh, the Cloverfield project. Okay. No, Paradox, not Project, Paradox. Okay. Their, their treatment of that. And then also the uh, Tide, uh, Tide's ad spots, especially given what Tide had to overcome with all the negative press for the Tide Pod Challenge earlier. Sure. Uh, or the, not even really earlier, that's still going on now. Uh, there, there are two spots that I think did live up to the promise uh, of the Super Bowl. So I want to dive into those quickly and talk about what what they did well that made them really stand apart from um, what is uh, I technically called their competition. So first with um, the Cloverfield Paradox. So have either of you seen the movie yet? No. No. Okay. So won't talk too much about the film. Um I like the tone, like the music, like the setting. It it feels a bit disjointed and random. Uh, watch it. There's no reason not to watch it. You're already paying nine dollars a month for it. Watch it, and um, I think it is something that there's some pretty cool fan theories out there of you know if these one or two things happen, how it could really kind of like fill in a lot of these missing pieces and turn it into something really substantial. Go ahead and watch it now. We'll see how that unfolds over time. But it's it's still a fun universe, even if the film doesn't live up to its predecessors. So worth the watch. That's all it's about the, the film. Th- it's the third installment, yeah. It is. So we've had I Cloverfield. Haven't seen, I haven't seen 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, 10 Cloverfield great. Lane is it's a, <laughs> for it's that great. genre, it's a masterpiece of a film. It's, it's great. Great. Um I, and there's I some can't really I haven't seen it. I think there's like five film premises now. Like there's a there's one that's like a, the next one is going to be set during like World War One or something, and then there's 
there's rumors that like a current bad robot project that's being worked on is actually the fifth installment in the Cloverfield universe and all that to the side. We'll talk about that another time. So what made Cloverfield special? What, what did Netflix do that was groundbreaking? And, and the answer is they, they took a type of media. We're talking about a film, a feature length film, something that other studios are spending months and months pouring into advertising, getting in front of people. You know, you have a teaser that leads to a teaser that leads to a trailer that leads to a film. And this all unfolds over six months. Or in the case of this specific Super Bowl, you have the, this is us episode that is coming out after the game, but you have six weeks of advertising. That's trying to build up the, the hype for it. Netflix came out in the middle of all these other things that were being promised they dropped something that may have been rumored, but people weren't, didn't know if what was fully there. And not only did they do that, they made it available immediately. So you watch the show and you get a promise for something like Solo, but you have to wait another, you know, four months or whatever it is. And Netflix says, forget that. Here's our thing. And yes, we're dropping the trailer for the first time, but you can go watch it now. As soon as you know well, it with said, the game, flip it on. And it said, yeah, the because there were two ads for it. The first ad unfolded that it was a thing, and at the end it said, coming very soon. That's what it said. Yeah. And we were like, what does that mean? Is it like like next month, next week? Like, what's going on? And then as soon as the game ended, they showed the second one, and it said, streaming now on Netflix. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so, and additionally, what they also did is – they removed the review process from it. They removed the critic process. They removed the, the positive and negative hype. And they capitalized on straight hype <laughs> with yep. basically the smallest advertising budget that you could have. Yeah. Sans the fact that they obviously was, bought a Super Bowl. It was Bowl a spot. million dollars for a Super Bowl ad. <laughs> right. <laughs> but literally one ad. So when you talk about um, the, the potential that they stand to gain by removing all of the positive and negative hype and just getting to the point, um, allowing capitalizing on the excitement of the game and all these new things to take someone in and immediately um, engage them and kind of convert them to a watch. Uh, really kind of MVP scenario for the way the advertising was treated. So very interested to see what that translates to. Netflix isn't really going to uh, share actual numbers. I, I think that's, it's pretty well known that they they're kind of like Chick Fil A in that yeah, regard. Yeah, they don't like, do that, huh? They don't do that. They don't do that, but we'll get hints of it. So when they do their big shareholder meetings and things like that, they will they will talk about how the quarter went. They will they will hint to things that happened. So we we may get uh, a tease of of maybe what the outcome was, positive or negative, even if we don't get exact numbers. But I think it was amazing. The other thing it did is NBC had been really setting up after the game, watch This Is Us. And it immediately added a competitor of, yes, you can watch this show, or you can be the first person, one of the first people to watch this new film that just got surprise dropped tonight and be a part of this kind of cultural excitement that's happening. And so certainly not everyone leaves, you know, walks away from This Is Us to watch Cloverfield. Some people did. Sure. Some people, it stole Thunder. It stole some viewers from NBC as well. And so... Some might say it stole some of the fire. I did actually end up watching This Is Us. Um, but the... Uh, oh. Which is funny, because I haven't watched a single other episode. But there's a guy... <laughs> because was, advertising <laughs> works on you. That's what it is. Yep. No, when, when everybody else in the room specifically sets out to watch that, you just watch it with them. So... Mm. Peer pressure works on you. That's the it same worked. thing as advertising. That's like a daily advertising. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's what Netflix did. That's what makes Netflix unique. I think it's going to pay off big for them. I think it was a smart move. And it'll be inter- interesting to see moving forward. Do we see, um, are there other events like this taking place? Are there other studios that try something similar or uh, whether it's other streaming platforms, whatever, but a, a very cool thing to do. Now, the, the other person I think is a big winner, and I'll spend a little bit less time on this because I'm inclu- including a great link below that goes into more detail, but the Tide ads. Now, I actually think this is this story. Uh, so the ads were certainly funny. Um, you know, this idea of everything you're seeing for, for the next, you know, couple of hours 
you get to start guessing, is this a tight ad or is this an actual ad? I mean, in that, they really kind of uh, took over a lot of people's spots just by by causing yeah. you to start questioning everything you're seeing and guessing about everything that you're seeing. So um, Sachi and Sachi was, is the company behind that hearts and science is the company behind um, their digital strategy. But um, all of that is really great. The thing that I find fascinating uh, I'm including an ad week article that goes into um, basically their war room during the game. And they actually have, um, so Sachi and Sachi is their creative agency, Hearts and Science is their digital agency. They have their team. Um, they actually have all of those teams in the room together, sitting at their own tables, working during the entire game, monitoring analytics, how people are acting. They had a group of four people that whose entire job was to find Tide Pod Challenge hashtags and flag the tweets. They had $170,000 of Twitter ad spend so they had two reps from Twitter in the room helping them, like, I guess, manage their ad spend and letting them know how people are responding to it. The whole thing is fascinating. So mm. if, if you're not – so I have a foot in that world with my normal job. Sure. And so whereas the numbers might be much larger, so the scale is much larger, these are all things that I'm aware of that happen. Uh, but – for, for some of you that are listening, I imagine a lot of this stuff is potentially sounding surprising or, you know, $170,000 just for ad spend for a couple of hours or something like that. That's on one platform, by the way. Uh, th- this might be very surprising. So what I would say, when you're done listening to the show, go read this article. It's a very good article. It really breaks down their, their approach. It breaks down how they monitored it. It breaks down how they balanced um, having predefined, like setting a plan and following it, but also tempering that with being human in the moment and being able to pivot. And it's very cool to see that happening, even at something that is such a, a huge scale. So I think Tide was a big winner just from, again, posturing themselves to, uh, you know, putting them, making you question everything that you're seeing it and filtering it through the lens of their brand, which is just awesome. So that's why they're a big winner from that side. But also being able to look at the behind the scenes of how they were managing that and how they were really creating this mo- moment that ended up being a a, a viral moment. Um, very, very interesting. And, and a really quick stat that I want to leave you with on this topic, and then we'll just leave this episode, is um, I believe it was one of the, the people from Hearts and Science made the comment that the work they do is it's basically 90% planning and 10% luck. And this is what I want you to understand from that. It is not 90% luck and 10% planning. It isn't, I'll do my best and maybe some people will attach to it. It is 90% planning. The idea is that you can craft and create these moments that feel like organic whatever moments, but it is possible to completely just craft those. And um, it's probably, it's it's happening around you much more than you realize. It's something, it feels like you're part of something organic and culturally significant, whatever. And it's just a really smart group of five people. And it's so, just, it's Disney. Yeah. So, <laughs> Disney so the has point is, read the article, start dipping your feet in that area and, and, and uh, you know, read about the work some of these people do at this very high level. I just, I think it's fascinating. So, um, so those are the, the, my big takeaways from the Super Bowl. Beyond that, it's rigged. It sucked. But okay. otherwise, I loved it. So, Great game. Okay. there you go. You're a big uh, Patriots fan. I can tell by the jerseys you never stop wearing. Um, th- that's it for this One episode. One of the people at my you house was wearing a Bengals find jersey. Us on, Bengals. I'm just going to push through. No you can find us on mofwoodpodcast.com where you can find show notes and links to all the stuff we just talked about. If you're on YouTube, just look below us in the video box. Um, yeah, I guess I just did box. this, but I'm one small box inside of a bigger box. We all do it. Yeah, just down there. Um, just just look down. Uh, like, share, post, follow. What is uh, poke? Is that still a thing? Ugh, no. <laughs> Can you still do that on on uh, social media? Cool. Um, but on all the Stop different it. platforms: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, just everywhere. Share, like, uh, subscribe, comment. Um, that helps us out so so much. It takes very little time, but helps us out very very much. Um. 
rate and review the show as well on all the different platforms that allow you to do that. Um, it just helps us. If you want to help on a financial level, go to patreon.com slash MF1 podcast. You can support the show on there. Uh, there's some, there's some uh, benefits to doing that. You can find it all, all the information there. It helps us out. We have great, great plans for 2018. You can help us help, uh, help those things come to fruition by doing that. Um, what else is there? There's other things, right? Uh, we're going to be at Creative South. We have a workshop that's at uh, Creative South. Go to creativesouth.com to find out we more share about the name that. Of it? And, Do we want to share the name of it? Yeah, it's uh, Podcasting with Dummies. Yep. And um, yeah. it's a it's a good it's going to be a good time. Join us there. Uh, pop. Not pop, crop. <laughs> I was going to say pop-up crop. And then, but we're going to be at crop as well. Um, and our guest this week is actually uh, hosting crop. And so uh, to get a little sneak peek of what that looks like, listen to this fri- uh, this Thursday's episode. Um, but there's so much stuff going on. Go to mofonepodcast.com and you can find a map. Uh, follow us on social media. You can see where we're going to be. The reality is we're all over the place. Talk to us. If you want to be part of the community, go, go to mofonepodcast.com slash slack and uh and join the conversation in there there's over 200 people um day in and day out conversing and talking uh sharing ideas giving encouragement all of the good things yeah. um but for now we're gonna get out of this episode i'm andrew i'm patrick and i'm luke peace out bye hold on to your butts <laughs> <laughs>